everyone. It's April, and Tony's here with me today. We're going to do a show for you and talk um, to Veronica and get some questions asked. And I also wanted to clear up a slight error a couple weeks ago that when you call in or you write in for um, a reading, it's aprilreadings at aol.com. And that's where you should send a request by email if you want. aprilreadings at aol.com. I hope I cleared that up. Um, And I want to report that Mr. Guinness, I think he had a, and I'm I'm not that smart about it, but I think he had a slight mini stroke over the weekend because he didn't want to eat, he was a little gloopy, he was weird, and I was going to take him to the vet because I thought, okay, here we go, you know, he's 19, well, of course he's going to have a stroke or something. And he had one about a year and a half ago, a really bad one that he came out of. So I watched him real close all weekend. I don't know whether I'm being manipulated and maneuvered by him or he really is having some issues. Um, I I used to make him like this, um, it was that Evanger's dog food, senior dog food with, and I would put some, you know, little bits of beef on it or a little bit of chicken, and that's what he would eat. Well, he decided about 10, maybe two weeks ago now that he didn't want to do that anymore. He didn't like it anymore. So that sent me scurrying about because my immediate thought was that, okay, he's stopping eating. Oh, that's a bad sign because that when it's happened before, usually that means that the dog is giving up or the cat is giving up by the stopping of eating. Well, it seems that Guinness has quite the appetite. If I grill him chicken tenders and I cook maybe... Oh, like you know how you get a square of ground lamb, like a square of hamburger, and you cut it into quarters. He'll eat a quarter of the hamburger. He'll eat the grilled chicken. I've got to hand feed him. Now, I don't know if he's just enjoying the attention (laughs) or if he really needs me to do that. But I'm doing it because I'm getting by hand at least a cup and a half of chicken and lamb every day where he will not touch that dog food now, and I don't understand why, unless his perceptions or he's forgotten that he likes it, because he does have that little dementia moment going on. So I am, you know, chefing over here, making grilled chicken, trying to think of new things to do. I'm thinking about getting a little bit of a steak, like a little prime rib or something, and cut it up in little itty-bitty pieces and fix, give it to him for a variety. Because Mark, my herbalist, always says you've got to keep his snout engaged with all this. He says a dog that has dementia or a dog that's having issues, he says like a stroke, he says their snout is the most important organ they have. The snout smells and then it allows the taste. So I am making sure that I cook very aromatically and I put it in front of him and let him smell it, you know, in the pieces and everything. Very careful, I don't give him any salt whatsoever because I know that's not good for his heart. But I do sometimes put a little bit of turmeric on it, give it a little bit of a kick. He likes it. So I am now turning into a chef, a gourmet chef, by the way, for my dog because he deserves it. And, you know, like everybody else, I'd like my dog to stick around as long as possible. And as long as he's eating, drinking, pooping, and telling the cast off, I know he's okay. And so far, he's been doing that all along, although the eating was a hiccup over the weekend. 
But, okay, I mean, I, I can deal with it. I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. But he's in the office now. He's napping. He's had a very, you know, busy morning. I take him out for sniff therapy at least a couple of times. I have some aromatic plants, some lemongrass plants and stuff that I let him sniff. He does a thorough sniff every morning. So those of you who have dogs that are sick and stuff, remember their snout is the biggest. And if you can keep the snout stimulated with smell, then you may be able to keep him more engaged, especially if they got dementia. I get Keith Guinness engaged because I give him smells all the time. And it seems to work. Um, Mark has a lot of experience, I think, with intuitiveness and psychological things with animals, too. I think he's very close to dogs. And I think a lot of this he's just doing from experience, but I also do think he's very intuitive, and he felt into Guinness and said this is what he needs. So anyways, Tony, how is it going over in Maine? Are you guys, like, snowed in over there right here? No, we're not snowed in. We're having, like, below zero temperatures and high winds today. Um, Oh, lovely. Yeah, I mean, we're, like, 10 degrees or 10 below, which we haven't had in a long, long time. But it's pretty cold uh-huh. out there, you know, and it's windy. But uh, mm-hmm. no, a couple of weeks ago, we had tons of snow and power outages. But keep our fingers crossed, that won't happen. We just have the wind and the cold. All in all, here. What do you do with the dogs when it's snowing and stuff? Because you can't, obviously can't go to the dog park. No, I just let them out in the yard because our yard is fenced in. So whatever they have to do, whatever they have to do, I mean, they can go and do in the yard, you know. I mean, we really just go to the dog park for socialization more than anything else. Ah, the socialization part, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. So all the animals, East Coast, West Coast, everybody's good. It's all good news. All good news. All good. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be so pleased at G. He's he's alert today. He's looking at me today. He's told me off a few times. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I cut the chicken tenders a bit too big, and he was having a hard time biting them, and he finally spit it out and looked at me like, this is too big. So I went back what? through the food bowl and cut everything down with the scissors to little tiny pieces, and guess what? He ate it. So right. he taught me a lesson today. He taught me a lesson. He said, the food's too big. I can't chew this. There you go. There you go. I know. Gotta be... I know. you got to listen to your animals, you know, because he was trying to tell me, look, I can't, it's too big for my mouth. I'm trying to chew it. I, I can't do it. So if you want me to eat, Mom, <laughs> fix the <Right>. chicken. <laughs> and you did. Well, I did. I, I sit with him while he eats to make sure. Well, when you give him chicken and ground lamb and stuff, you can't just put it down. Because I have six little thieves in the kitchen and in the living room area that will come through and just annihilate it. The six little cats that are in that room are just waiting for him to drop a bite <laughs> so they can get oh, it. Sure. So sure I can't just put the food down and walk away because the six cats will go, great, she's out of here. And they'll come in and eat it all. I've watched them do it. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, boy. So I have to sit with him when he eats because... I got to protect the food, and his mem- he has a short memory these days, and he doesn't remember that they're thieves. <laughs> he just says, "Oh, hi, I want to sit down with me while I eat." Sure, and then the next thing you know, his food's all gone. Right, so right. Well, I sit, 
sit down on the floor. I put the food down. I say, here you go. And I sit there while he I eats. do that too. And it, it allows me to add a little extra spice or something if I feel he's not eating quickly enough. But I found out today that ground lamb is a little bit more popular than chicken tenders. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So anyways, I'm going to go get Veronica. And you can say hi to our uh, audience today. I sure will. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And, uh, yep, we're having below zero weather here and high winds. But it's a beautiful day. The sun is out, so that's the good part. Anyway, we have some great questions, and I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And don't forget, it's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Andrea. Why is self-esteem and being hard on yourself such a problem in our world? Well, there's a cultural standard that has been artificially put in place. Um, Each culture has their standard of participation. Many times, there's a lot of comparing that goes on in the reality, especially in the cultures, that can leave someone feeling competitive, feeling like, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, to stay in line with everyone else, to keep up with the Joneses kind of perspective. What should happen here is that everyone keeps their own counsel, that everybody hears what the world has to say and what peers have to say, but they don't take it to their heart as a criticism. They take it to their heart as, okay, that's their opinion, and they're offering it to me out of love. That's a better way to think about it because there are those who do like to critique but it doesn't mean they're coming at you in a real negative way. And your culture has kind of set that up that way. And then you have all this media stuff and all these, it's like a big swirl of stuff that goes on in linear reality. All of it's dramatic. Some of it's comedy, but most of it's dramatic. And it's really important to keep your own counsel while participating in this mass consciousness event that you're all involved with. Keep your own counsel. Make your best friend your soul, because your soul will never lie to you. Your soul will tell you when you need to be told, and it will also tell you when you're doing good. And there's where the balance is a little off in the physical reality that you're in is because there's critique, yes, but sometimes it's not constructive critique, and sometimes they go off into a tangent that doesn't support the person's own inner self-esteem. So a way to counteract all this is to become your soul's best friend, part of that energy, so that when you get these sometimes unwanted opinions or sometimes they're wanted opinions, don't allow them to take you down. Use the information to help yourself, but don't believe everything that everyone says. Believe what your soul says and believe what you think. And... Keep that counsel. Listen to all the opinions. Take them in and see if there's something there that can, you know, give you growth. But don't let them beat you down. 
every single one of you on the planet has something to offer. You have to dig deep into your own self to find it. Don't count on the opinions and viewpoints of others because sometimes those can be distorted or not even relevant to you. Decide that you're going to keep your own counsel and realize that you do have the ability to be your full great self and don't let anybody take that away from you. Our next question is coming from Trevor. Is emotion, intellect, or focus, or focus the biggest factor in creating one's physical reality? Emotion, intellect, and focus are the three steps to creating your reality. First of all, you have to have the intellect to be able to create the moment. And let's say 99.9% of the humans have the intellect to be able to think about what they want. The emotion is the paint or the colors that you use to paint the canvas of what you've thought about. But you can't do any of it unless you're focused. So all three things are hand in hand. They're very interwoven like a braid. You take one of them out of the equation and the creation of the reality isn't going to go that well. So when you are in creating your reality, starting your day, make sure that you think clearly about what you want. Use your emotional energy to create it. And then, while you're doing all that, the big bubble around it is focus. If you're unfocused, you're going to have a really hard time in physical reality. You need to practice focusing and allow yourself to move through an event or a creation beginning to end with the same intense focus that you had when you started. It's usually a lack of focus that derails most creations. So practice it. Think about it. That's your intellect. Use your energy emotionally, your happiness, your sadness, your anger. Because sometimes things can be created in anger that are quite interesting. And things that can be created in sadness can also be quite earth-changing for many. So it doesn't matter if the, if the emotion is negative or positive. It's just that you want to focus it all and create the reality that you want. Easy to do. But emotion, intellect, and focus are like braided together to help you create your reality. Those are the three components. Our next question, Perry would like to know, if there is no time on the other side... How do loved ones know when we are to arrive? It's more of a sense of knowing. It's not a train station where they're waiting to see what time your train comes in. They are constantly in the present moment, in the eternal side. When your energy arrives into the eternal, there is a moment of it that creates the knowing that all of you have. We'd say that no, it's not important that they know exactly what time you're going to be there because there's no time there. But it is important to know that they will be there. They will sense it. They will feel the vibration of your energy getting closer and they will realize that you are on your way. 
they also do look in on the reality. So they can see if you've been sick or they can see if you've had an accident or they can see if you're having a really good time or that new baby that your granddaughter just had. They can see all that. But the timing of you getting there is based upon the frequency of energy and the approach of it as it comes towards them. And that's all very linear stuff. It's more eternal than that, but that is sort of a basic linear outline of what occurs. Okay. Our next question is coming from Susan. Do fragments that are combining on the higher planes have any responsibilities, such as oversight or contributing to guidance, progress of the physical plane and its fragments? Yes. We would highly suggest that if you are interested in this, that you read um, the Jane Roberts books called The Education of Oversoul Seven. It details what it's like and shows what the hierarchy is kind of like on the other side. Those who are on higher planes and those who are connected to those who are even on lower planes can connect with them and help them if they want to. Um, they contribute to the guidance because they've been there, done that, so they can tell you, say, hey, this is what happens. We think that the progress of the physical plane and its fragments is something that is very individualistic. We always say that. Um, but the combining of the higher planes and all the oversouls that can happen is quite a good story and a good read for the education of Oversoul 7. Now, we could go on for hours about how this happens. But we think if you get the book and read it, it might help you formulate questions, and it might help you have an understanding about how it all goes and what is going on in the eternal space. You tend, in the physical reality, to define it very linearly. It's anything but linear. But for the advantageous moment of this moment, we'll say that, think about it in the way we said, that there are higher energies that look out for the lower energies. They're called oversoul. So read the book, and then if you have more questions, send them in. All right, Veronica. That was our last question. I'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world. That would be great. All right. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. Um, please, please, don't be shy. Write in to innerwhispersradio.com, and we'll do our best to get your question on the air as soon as we can. But whatever you're thinking, write it down. Let us know. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, yes, we are. Well, the reality of your planet shifts and moves. It goes up, it goes down. It gets lost in the shuffle and then it finds itself. All kinds of energy going on in your planet. If you become involved in all of the exterior stuff that's going on, it takes away from your internal progress and evolution. 
Yes, you are in the physical reality. Yes, you are here to participate. But we're just cautioning all of you not to get lost in the drama. Sit with yourself and decide what is important to you. We talk to many who can't decide what's important to them. We think that is something that universally across the planet is for all of you to be thinking about what it is you're truly doing here or what you want to have happen here. Don't go along with the crowd. Don't just maneuver along without a lot of thought. Your thinking is what creates the reality, plain and simple. Decide that you're going to do that and a lot of it and not become involved in everybody else's drama because that's easy to do. The politics, the personal stuff, the the commerce, all that stuff. Stay focused within yourself. Each of you did that. It might have an effect upon the collective reality where everybody will finally calm down a bit and say, hey, Let's let's create something positive instead of negative. No, no. Try to stay out of the anger of the culture. Back up from it and say, I choose to be positive. I choose to participate in a loving manner. I choose that. That is your right upon the planet is to choose what you want to do. That is a right. So if you're not doing that, We think you should take a breath and start doing that. And if you're being prohibited from making your choices, then change the situation. All of you are here to make your own individual choices, not to be dictated to by a collective or any other incarnate. You're here, and if you have become victim, so to speak, stop it. Take the stand and do it. Find the strength. Dig deep and just do it. You're all eternally high-frequency beings if you want to be. Decide you're going to do it. And take each breath with gratefulness and stay out of the collective dramas that go on. Because a lot of times you, you can't do anything about it anyway. And it would just frustrate you and tighten your energy up and make your inner personal experience not what you want it to be. Keep yourself focused upon you. It's not selfish. It's you creating your reality in a very clean way, and that clean way will spill over onto the mass consciousness. And if everybody does it, then we have a nice massive cleanup. See what happens. So, decide today that you are going to participate differently, more positively and more lovingly. Stay out of the collective dramas, and things could be better. Worth a try. All right. Thank you, Veronica. That's, that's a great message, and I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, have a good weekend. Bye-bye.